You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanless, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I think I broke the record today. Felt like accomplishing something, so there you go. So what this is, for those that don't know, this is going to be a flashback to 365 days ago. Where were we at? And actually, these are it's technically this time in history, but for now, most of these are all going to be last year. Um, we're coming up on some where I have episodes from two years ago, so we'll be able to implement those at some point. And then the really cool thing is five years from now we can pick all kinds of crazy stuff because what I'm doing with a daily podcast is laying out the history of the Green Bay Packers on a daily basis, which is awesome, and I want to take advantage of that. So um, I need to do this more often. I just don't have a lot of time, so since I have some time today, I'm just going to do a bunch of these. Uh, But the episode today is, you know, I have not been doing the podcast when the Packers have been very good with the exception of this year. So it's a lot of downer type stuff, but... um, this is a little bit more optimistic, and it's even a little bit of foreshadowing, me laying out the case for why I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, how do we navigate this? How do we become a better team? But but also just kind of looking at some stuff, looking at the draft a little bit, um, called uh, TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hockenstock, which is hilarious. Obviously, it was very new to, to the draft at that point. But um, I, I just think these are fun. I like listening to them, and usually there's little nuggets of like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, and just kind of how we were feeling about certain people. Um, obviously, you know, I'm kind of burying myself a little bit because there's certain things I say that are just flat-out wrong, but I get a good amount right, and it's kind of fun to flash back and just kind of see where we were at and what I was thinking about certain things. So anyways, that's what we're doing right now. This is November 23rd, 2018. Uh, the title of the podcast was Thursday Breakdown Rant, which anytime it says rant, probably going to be either a really good or a really terrible show but we'll take a break and here we go in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Well, I hope you had a fantastical Thanksgiving. I think I endured just the right amount of pain. Motto that I like to live by is eat until it hurts and then have a couple more helpings. Typically by a couple, what I mean is one more full serving so that it really hurts. 
and then uh, kind of pick the rest of the day, right? Like, oh man, it hurts, and then you wander into the kitchen, and it's like, I don't know, but there's like a piece of pie right there. It's really going to hurt, but I mean, it's Thanksgiving. If you're not going to force yourself to suffer one time a year, I mean, what what are we doing here? I mean, it's halftime. What, what else do I have to do other than, you know, inflict delicious pain on myself? I mean, I'm going to put ice cream on it. It'll kind of mellow out the flavor. So I, I, I think I went into it with the right game plan. Feeling good this morning. Feeling all right. Had pumpkin pie and uh, apple pie and ice cream for breakfast with my coffee. Because I convinced myself that I will start being healthy tomorrow. <laughs> Which isn't going to happen. But anyways... Hope it was a good one. Uh, I briefly want to touch on the football games from yesterday, which, of course, I didn't put in my picks because, I don't know, I just I can't remember anything ever. But there isn't a whole lot to either get excited or upset about. I know we were pulling for the Lions a little bit, but the fact of the matter is when I made the statement that if we run the table, we have a decent chance of winning the division, that included an assumption that they would beat the Lions. It was certainly... I would never assume we have a good chance of winning the division contingent on the Lions beating the Bears. Just would not, would, just would never do that. So just to briefly recap, if we run the table, we're 10-5-1. They would have to be 11 wins in order to beat us. Um, in order to get to 11 wins, they have to win three more, which means they can only lose two more. So if we run the table, they automatically lose to the Packers. That means they can only lose one more, um, excuse me, two more. They're playing the Rams and they're playing the Vikings. I'm going to assume they lose to the Rams, which means it comes down to the Vikings. This is in Minnesota. To be completely honest, I, I think the Vikings are probably a better team in Minnesota than the Bears are. I think they're I think they're a relatively pretty close team. I mean, the Vikings are kind of volatile. But I think if the Vikings can come out and play their best offensive football to be able to overcome that Bears defense, which is very good, I think they can win. You know, I mean, if, if, if Cousins can just not be horrible for a game and play one of his better games, utilizing his phenomenal wide receivers and their moderately talented running back, I think they can pull it out. If not, it doesn't matter because, again, if we run the table, we're in the playoffs, maybe get the, the, uh, the division. And if we lose to the Vikings, then, you know, whatever. We got like a... 15% chance of getting into the playoffs, and probably even less so if we consider the level of talent that we have, so whatever. But again, just wanted to reiterate, because every time something happens, it's kind of like, well, that's it, it's over. It's like, no, man, it just really doesn't change very much. The only thing it would have done is make it very likely that the Bears will not win the division. Because then if we beat them, and the Rams beat them, they're going to be 10-6-1, possibly, or excuse me, 10-6, and six, possibly 9-7 and seven if they lose to the Vikings. So that's why that would have been really awesome. Um, the, the only other thing I wanted to say, and I, I didn't say it on the podcast partly because I forgot, but partly because I just didn't want to sound spiteful, and then he plays terrible and I look dumb. But the fact of the matter is the way that Mitch Trubisky is playing, in other words, if we just look at, for example, pro football focus, He's not that much better than Chase Daniel. So with him coming out and Chase Daniel coming in, it's not like, oh man, this elite quarterback's get. It's not Rodgers being replaced by Hundley. This is a very different situation. The only real benefit that I think Trubisky has is that the offense is good because it's an offensive system. It's not Trubisky making this thing go. He's just a, a catalyst. He's just a part of it. And the fact that he's been in it and knows how to work in the system is why it's able to go. 
Not because he's very good in it, just that he's able to do the very simple things he's asked to do, etc., etc. The question is, can Chase Daniel also do that? And I thought he did a pretty good job. I don't think he can run quite like Trubisky can. That that would be the one big upside Trubisky has over Chase Daniel. But um, and I'm I'm not trying to be, I, I I'm impressed by what the Bears did. Their defense still looks good, as everybody noted. You know, you lose your quarterback. It's a short week after playing Sunday night. You come in on Thursday. You go on the road. You beat the Lions. Um, yeah, all, all credit to him. But I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Chase Daniel is not that much better than Mitch Trubisky or worse or whatever. They're, they're pretty much similar in terms of overall talent so far. Trubisky took a step. He could take another one and just dominate the world next year. I'm just calling it like I see it at this point in time, all right? Something else I wanted to mention about the, uh, the Chicago Bears. Um, I made the comment, and I... I it's not a super original comment. I had heard it somewhere. I'm not entirely sure where. Kind of just in passing, but I wanted to look into it. The comment that I made was the Chicago Bears are essentially the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. They are a talented team. They have some ability on offense when things are clicking, but really it's that defense that just dominates, right? Just an absolutely dominant defense. So I looked at it. And again, I just used uh, Pro Football Focus's standard. And it's actually kind of crazy how similar they are. Right now, the Chicago Bears have the number one defense in the NFL. In 2017, Jacksonville Jaguars had the number one defense in the NFL. If you look at the grade that the defense has, the uh, Chicago Bears, and by the way, not a lot of good defense this year. Last year, um, you had the Eagles with a great defense. Chargers had a great defense. Vikings had a great defense. This year, the second best defense is the uh, Patriots and their grade would be about what the Baltimore Ravens are this year, and the Ravens are rated ninth. So, pretty crazy. But anyways, the Chicago Bears' overall defensive grade is 92.1. The Jacksonville Jaguars' grade was 92.0, almost exactly the same. Something that's somewhat surprising, um, if you look at their defense and what they do well, their pass rush really isn't all that good. They're graded as 11th. I, I know they're they're... Defense is talented. I know Khalil Mack is talented, but they're graded as 11th. The Packers are 7th right now. Again, pass rush is, is broader than just what can your edge rushers do and, and how can your defensive tackles help. It's, it's a team stat, really. The Jaguars' pass rush was graded as 3rd, but it certainly wasn't their top asset. For the Jaguars, it was their run defense and their coverage. That's really what made them stand out. For the Bears, guess which two things stand out? Run defense and coverage. Now, the big difference is the Jaguars are a little more well-rounded. The Bears' run defense is out-of-this-world good. It's, it's, I mean, they're both graded as elite, but heads and tails above the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coverage, the Jaguars were a little bit better, but not a whole lot better. And under, remember that coverage unit from last year, how good that was. Just to give you some perspective on what PFF thinks of the Bears' coverage unit. Outstanding. But tackling and pass rush, not quite so much. Same with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if you flip over to the offense, that's kind of where the issues began. One of the biggest issues the Jaguars had was their pass grade. Offense overall was 73, pass grade 66, pass blocking and receiving were, were higher than that, run blocking was higher, whatever, whatever. So the Jaguars were 73 offense, Chicago Bears 71.4. The biggest um, liability that they have is their pass grade. It's their quarterback. Same with the Jaguars. Now, the Bears' offense is worse than the Jaguars' offense was, but not by that much. 
And finally, to really stick it in the eye of the Bears fans, who maybe are flattered by this, despite the fact that two things. One, remember how good the Jaguars were last year and then what they are this year. Just saying. Granted, I'm not sure who it is that's going to go all diva in Chicago. I don't know that they really have those kinds of guys. They seem like they have a little more of a solid unit, and Fangio seems to do a good job of slowly building this group. Which, by the way, if I may segue for a minute, there's some people who are all upset that we have Mike Pettin and they got Fangio. This has taken, this is four years in the making. This has been building. When Fangio showed up, this wasn't an elite defense. In their second year, it wasn't an elite defense. Last year, it was getting pretty good. Guys were just coming up out of nowhere, and it's like, wow, these guys are kind of becoming something. In the four, I believe it's the fourth year. I could be mistaken, but I don't think so. Now everything's coming together. At the exact point when draft picks are starting to peak. At the exact point when they get Khalil Mack. Mike Pettin has come in. He has really legitimately two really good players. He has one really good player, and that's Kenny Clark. One. Jair has helped the passing unit quite a bit, as, as a lot of these guys have. They've improved it a bit, but this is not an elite coverage group. Jair is the only one that you would say is, is, is good to very good, but he's not even top 10. Nobody else I don't think would even be top 20. So we're all very happy because it's a big improvement, but let's not act like this is the Chicago Bears or the Jaguars or whatever. He doesn't have one single edge rusher on this team. Mike Daniels has basically completely fallen off, and he has zero safeties. And look what he's done with this defense in year one. When half the team has fallen apart, when HaHa Clinton Dix had such a bad attitude, he got shipped off the team. And we're number one in sacks. If, if, if Mike Pettin had the Chicago Bears defense, I have no doubt they would be better than they are today. So I don't want to hear any disrespect toward Mike Pettin who I'm considering calling Mike Patton from now on. I'm, I'm going to start playing his sound clips from his press conferences with that Patton music in the background. If you haven't seen the movie Patton, you have to watch it. It's phenomenal. But it's just, it's, 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 re- listen, all the respect in the world for what Fangio has done. He has built this from the ground up, and it has become the number one unit in the NFL. But give me a break for just a second here. We're not even going to give Patton credit where it's due look what he's working with jackson isn't very good josh jones isn't very good tremont hasn't been very good we don't even have a second safe we don't even have a first safety tremont isn't even a safety he's playing safety he's not that good at it i don't even know who the other safety is josh jones maybe at this point he's not good josh jackson is not good kevin king eh. nick perry is trash clay matthews has been bad Reggie Gilbert, not good. Kyler Fackrell has a lot of sacks, but otherwise is kind of garbage, especially against the run. Blake Martinez has a really good grade, but it's mostly coverage. He's been garbage against the run. Oren Burks is a joke. Every other linebacker we've picked up or from free agency is a joke. Mike Daniels is having a bad year. Dean Lowry is having a good year, which basically means he's being medi- he's been mediocre. And Jair is good. And we're freaking out because we could have had... What do you think would have happened if Vic Fangio came and and coached this defense? Do you think we would be the Chicago Bears defense? Are you that delusional? Give me a break. I saw that on Twitter and it was like, guys, please, give... Come on. If, if, If I had to give an award between who's the better defensive coach between Mike Pettin and Vic Fangio, I don't know that I would pick Fangio. It's hard not to, because his footprint is across this entire defense, but it took him four years in Khalil Mack to get it done. 
Look at how good this Packers defense is without a shred of talent anywhere. And yeah, I, I, listen, I don't want to have to say it, but it's just the reality. You know the Chicago Bears have four players graded as elite? Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and Sherrick McManus. And it's just, it's, it's a perfect distribution. They have a cornerback. They've got an edge rusher who's maybe the best in the NFL. They've got Akeem Hicks, who's a defensive tackle. They've got Eddie Jackson, the safety. Khalil Mack is the third best defender on their team right now. Let that sink in a little bit. They also have four players who are graded out as very good. Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller. So there's, there's three cornerbacks. Eddie Goldman, who's a very young defensive interior player. Well, and then this guy doesn't really count because whatever. Then they have five players listed as good. Adrian Amos, Blyle Nichols, whoever that is, Prince of Mukamura. There's a fourth cornerback, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, a defensive interior guy. Don't really know who he is, but 232 snaps. Not bad. Danny Trevathan, linebacker. Roquan is currently 21st. Do you think for a second by next year that guy isn't going to be one of the best in the NFL? Look what they have to work with. They have four elite players, we have one, and he's 90.3. He's barely elite. It's Kenny Clark. They had, what did I say, seven very good players. We have one who's no longer on the team, haha Clinton Dix. I'm just saying, let's just please, please just cool it. And I know I'm only speaking to a small minority, but for those of you who are stomping your feet because we didn't get Vic Fangio, I'm very content with what Mike Pettin has done with the guys that he has. Especially when we have some guys just coming out of nowhere. And we have rookies that can perform in this system. And we got Dean Lowry who's playing out of his mind. And we have Kyler Fackrell coming up out of nowhere. Josh Jones, who isn't, you know, super elite, but a guy who's been horrible for a while now, suddenly is above average. Let's give him a couple years, okay? All right, let's get back to the comparison because we're just about done anyways. The last thing, comparing the quarterbacks, Blake Bortles had a grade of 69.4, which isn't good. It's above average. Mitch Trubisky right now has a grade of 61.6. Here's the real kicker, though. If you look at just the passing grade, Blake Bortles had a 66.7 grade. If you look at Mitch Trubisky, whatever his name is, what a great name for a Chicagoan now, Trubisky, it was 54.9. It's below average. The only reason he has a 61.6 is because his run grade is 86.9. He's great at running the football. He's terrible throwing the football. He is a lot worse than Blake Bortles. This team isn't going anywhere. Even in 2017, last year, if they were this good, they weren't going anywhere. Trubisky isn't good enough. And, and listen, this is, this is the real good thing. The defense, I don't know how much better it can get. The offense, I don't know how much better it can get. The system is incredible. The best that they can do is continue to draft and bring in free agents that are just that much better. But if Trubisky doesn't turn a corner and become better than this, how in the world is this team ever going to be better than the Chiefs? The Chiefs can improve their defense and be unstoppable. The Rams, likewise, could improve their defense or their, well, I don't know about their offense. They can improve their defense and be incredible. You know why? Because they have Goff. Because the Chiefs have Mahomes. That's why. The Saints have Drew Brees. The Patriots have Tom Brady. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. These teams can all improve in areas where they're deficient and be better than the Bears because the Bears have Mitchell Trubisky. Even the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. That, that's, I mean, that's as good as the Bears seem. This is like 
as good as it gets. They have a head coach who has turned this offense of just kind of blech into something pretty incredible. And they have a great defensive coordinator who's, who's made this an elite defense. But where do you go from here? How do you take the next step to become the Rams? Or even the Patriots or whoever? How do you get there? When you have this quarterback, I think the only way is for Mitch Trubisky to just get better. And the fact of the matter is his grade was actually higher last year. He needs to be better than he is. I'm not trying to roadmap how the Bears become a really good team here. I'm just, again, I'm trying to be optimistic for Packers fans because the question is out there right now, who in the world is going to take the NFC North? Because coming into this, it was like, man, there's three really good teams. Then the Packers didn't look too good, and it's like, well, there's two really good teams. And then the Vikings are kind of floundering, and it's like, well, I guess it's the Bears. And then the, the Bears are, like, struggling to beat people. And they, you know, they've got this really good defense, but it just seems like the offense is trying not to win football games sometimes. And the question's just hanging out there. Who in the world is going to just dominate the NFC North? Because it's just begging for a team to step up. And you got at least two teams that are primed. The Packers just don't seem to want to be good anymore. But the, the Vikings and the Bears seem to be on the verge of something. But in, again, in terms of being optimistic, you look at what the Vikings have. The Vikings are pretty much peaked as well because they have their quarterback. They've got their wide receivers, they've got their quarterback, they've got their good defense, they've got their running back. What are you going to do from here? What's going to make you several steps better? What can the Packers do? Oh, I don't know. They need better wide receivers. They need a better offensive line. They need better tight ends. They need a better defensive line. They need better edge rushers. They could probably use an upgrade at cornerback. They need at least one safety on the field. They need better linebackers. Every position except quarterback and running back, what up dance party? can be upgraded and can help this team be better. I'm not saying the Bears and, and the Vikings are perfect, but the pathway to being taking the next step is a little more difficult, and especially when you have that much talent, just trying not to lose it all becomes difficult. Packers aren't, aren't at risk at losing anything. Not, I mean, they're going to lose people, but it's going to be by their own, it's going to be their own decision. They're going to kick people off the team or just not invite them back. There's no issue with salary cap saying you're really good, but you're not worth the money that you're worth. In other words, we can't pay you what you're worth. That is not the situation in Green Bay. Now, it's up to this team to, you know, do, th th those are a lot of things. and It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. But um, I, I just, again, the ability for a team to be dominant in the NFC, I think, rests in the hands of Brian Gutekunst. Because if it's going to be a team, and it, listen, it could be the Vikings, it could be the, the Bears. I mean, it may be, maybe the, the Lions have a little flurry here and there. Sometimes they're able to do it. But they're, they're in a similar situation. What can they do with Matt Stafford? I mean, we've seen him at his best. We've seen him with Megatron. We've seen him with a better offense. We've even seen them with a, a decent defense at times. They just can't get it done. It's not going to be the Lions. Not as long as they have those coaches and I think Jim Bob Cooter is a joke. I never understood why that guy was retained. Maybe I shouldn't be so harsh on the guy, but I, I just don't get it. I mean, their offense looks like the Packers' offense, which, you know, whatever. But if you're going to overhaul your coaching staff, why in the world is it like we got to keep Jim Bob? I mean, you know, keep the quarterback happy, I guess, but your quarterback isn't doing anything. Let's try something a little different here. So, I mean, it, it makes it fun because there's going to be a three-way battle for some time now. The Packers clearly at this point in time, and again, we could win the division, but at this point in time, I don't think there's any debate the Packers are the third best team. I mean, 
Lions fans and a bunch of other fans would probably jump up and say, wait a minute, you lost to the Lions. But I'm, I'm not playing that game, man. They're not as bad as the Lions, although they're closer than, than uh, they should be. But again, you get what I'm saying, right? And, and here's another thought I had. Somewhat disconnected, but it kind of carries on with something I think I said yesterday or the day before. I was asking the question, why not focus a little bit on offense once in a while because we've neglected it? Here's another thought. Everything hinges on Aaron Rodgers anyways, right? We've dumped a ton of money into Aaron Rodgers. and We always talk about how we need to get in people in free agency. Why don't we ever talk about we need to get him someone in the draft, right? The defense is what the defense is, and it's not bad. And I'm not saying we don't do anything. We can go in free agency and get a safety, you know, get Earl Thomas. Just go get him. I don't care. Yeah, he busted up his leg. I don't know how good he's going to be. Just I don't care. Whatever. Go get him. Go get somebody. And yes, in the first round, again, we need at least one edge rusher in this class. But why in the world don't we just stack up on talent? Why not get a tight end? Why not get two wide receivers? Why not get another running back? Why not get a bunch of offensive linemen? I mean, it, this, this whole thing, we paid Aaron Rodgers. Why? Why did we pay him so much money? Because this team hinges on Aaron Rodgers, yet we don't provide him with any talent. We just go defense, 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 defense. And I get it, they're not very good. But man, oh man, can we please just start realizing that it's not that Aaron Rodgers is our entire team, therefore we don't need anybody else on offense to be any good because he'll carry it. No, 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 no. He's good, but he's got to have something around him. There still has to be something to work with. Let's get this man some weapons, some legitimate weapons. I'm excited about the potential of Marquez and the potential of EQ. But man, oh man, what? Even if we went back to back and, and we got, you know, again, my, my thought has been either get two edge rushers or an edge rusher and a defensive tackle in the first round. Why? First of all, because it's just stacked and you don't want to reach. Um, but also the level of talent is, is otherworldly. Beyond that, though, why not? We got pick 46. Who's number 46 on my board right now? Somebody that, for some reason, Packer fans are just obsessed with. Hollywood Brown. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying it's kind of funny all of a sudden. like Everybody's like, oh, we got to get Marquise Brown. Packers Twitter always has like a guy. It's surprising there's a guy already, but he's the guy. Fine. That guy's fine. Jaquan Thompson, safety, Taylor Rapp, free safety, Afrony Jennings, edge rusher, I'm not a big fan of, but TJ Hockenstock, tight end, Debo Samuel, wide receiver, Irvin Smith, Albert O.K., Caden Smith, three tight ends, 51, 52, and 53 I got on my board, Dawson Knox, 56, that's four tight ends in like, right in that range, that's a lot of tight ends, Ross Piercebacher, a guard, why not? Michael Dieter and Cody Ford, a center and a guard, right in the second round there. Colin Johnson, wide receiver. Anthony Johnson, wide receiver. Demarcus Lodge, wide receiver. Yadni Kajust, I know everyone says he's a first-round talent. He probably is. Whatever. There's a lot of talent all over the place here. Let's just stack up. The best teams in the NFL right now, who are they? The Saints, dominant offense. The Chiefs, dominant offense. The Rams, dominant offense. The Chiefs don't have a very good defense. The Rams, we thought, had a pretty good defense. Not so much. They've got like, well, they're, they're kind of like the Packers in a way. They've got that one good real defensive tackle. They got that other defensive tackle everybody thought would be pretty good, but he's not that good. They don't have any linebackers. Their corners aren't very good. I mean, it's, they don't have much. 
I mean, it's it's a weird kind of thing. In 2017, you needed to have defense. The teams that were dominating, the Vikings, really good defense. The Eagles, really good defense. The Jaguars, really good defense. 2018, it's all about offense. But regardless of, of the, the, the ebb and flow of how things go in the NFL, I don't care. We have Aaron Rodgers. If he's going to be the centerpiece of our team, not just our offense, he is our team, we have no other choice. We don't have any choice in this. The choice has been made for us when we signed him to that extension. We have to give him talent. He needs at least one more wide receiver. I'm not okay going in with just Devontae and these younger late-round guys. That's not okay. I don't know if I'm okay with the tight end situation. We need at least one more guy. We can keep Jimmy Graham, but we got to at least have one more guy, and we should probably offload, at the very least, Kendricks, probably Mercedes Lewis. We can go in with three tight ends. We got Jimmy Graham, we got new guy, and then we got that other guy. The guy who had one catch, one touchdown. I don't remember his name. I don't really care. We need one more running back. How about we don't wait until the seventh round? Would it kill us to go third, fourth round for a running back? I mean, even even if it's like fifth round, because, you know, well, whatever. I don't know. They're probably not just going to get the uh, third down back like I would like, but whatever. I'm just saying, for once, how about we, we load up on offense and maybe just kind of you know, a couple late round guys on defense, see what happens. I know it's horrifying to us as Packer fans because we're always thinking defense, 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 defense. But listen, this is what happens. I've been saying this for the Seahawks for a long time. They've been so worried about offense, trying to go offense, 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 offense. Look at their defense. That was their calling card and it crumbled down to almost nothing. That's going to, that is happening to this offense. This has been happening to this offense and we're not doing anything to fix it. We have to start fixing it. We have a lot of picks. We have two first-round picks, a second, a third, two fourth-round picks, a fifth, two sixth-round picks, and a seventh. We have ten picks, two of them in the first round, lots of draft capital. We have to do something with it. And if we tank the year bad enough to end up with a guy like Ed Oliver or for some freakish reason Nick Bosa gets caught, you know, taking some kind of drugs or saying something that he shouldn't say on Twitter and he falls to us, and we get Nick Bosa, which I don't think he could fall more than like two spots because I don't think anybody's going to care unless it's like a video of him kicking a puppy or something. I don't know what it could be bad enough for somebody to go, nah, I don't need Nick Bosa. And it would have to be a really hard kick because I would still take him. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I would I would say something in the press conference about he's, he's going to get a finger wagon from me, boy. I'm going to teach him a thing or two, and he's going to volunteer at a shelter for puppies in between dominating for our defense. <laughs> We're going to make him hold a puppy on the sideline in between plays. But he's getting dry. Anyways, nonsense aside, if we get a top-tier guy, forget the two guys. For, forget, I don't, I don't really care about we need two edge rushers, we need this or that. Now you can go get your, uh, your wide receiver or whatever. That's just my contention. You can let me know what you think. But we have to do something. It's not good enough to just go defense, 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 have 25% of those defenders pan out, go late round offense, maybe you get one or two of those guys to kind of pan out. You know, like you get Marquez, who's good for two games. It's not good enough. And I'm sorry, Petten, I know if we could just stack you with a bunch more talent. But listen, you've got a really good group of young corners to work with. We'll have Blake and Jake next year because I'd like to re-sign them. That's a good solid core to work with. You got Kenny Clark for a very long time. We're going to get you an edge rusher to work with. You got Fackrell on the come up. You got Dean Lowry. Hopefully Mike Daniels can make a comeback. You got enough to work with for a while. We'll throw a couple pieces at you. Maybe a free agent here or there. 
But we're going offense in this draft. I know it's best player available. Yes, I fully understand that. But there is still some... You can still plan, and they do plan. They're not going to reach, but you don't necessarily have to reach. First of all, there's there's not just like a linear chart, and you just take the f- top name. That's not how that works. You have groups, and, and it's you get to pick from this group. And if you have an edge rusher, a linebacker, and a wide receiver in this group, you get to decide which one you want. So you're still t- taking best player available without reaching because you're taking from a particular tier. And then if that doesn't take place, then you probably trade back or try to trade out of that spot it's only when the the guy in the like if you have the quarterback in the top tier and you're not going to take a quarterback although the Packers probably would they almost drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the second round but it's only when you come to that situation where you have somebody you legitimately don't want or a position you legitimately don't want do you take the best player available or do you take from the next pile that's the only time you really have that tough decision but I think it's relatively rare which is why teams can proclaim to be best player available, but clearly seem to be taking needs all the time. Right, we needed wide receiver, we just happened to draft three of them. Why? Because wide receiver just happened to be at the top three times in a row? We need linebackers, we just happened to take a linebacker in the fourth round every draft? We need safeties, we just happened to draft safeties? We need defensive tackles, we just... Ha- I mean, come on. Let's, let's be pretty real here. There's a reason that that happens. When we needed running backs, we got three of them, <laughs> and 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 it was uh, I think Corey Clement. There was a when he was at the the combine, he heard overheard one of the Packers guys or one of the Packers guys told him we might be taking two, maybe as many as three running backs in this draft, and we took three. So they do have a plan. They do go into the draft saying we want a lot of these guys. So it is best player available, but don't fool yourself into believing that they're so robotic that they just have a linear list like I have on NFLBigBoard.com. Be sure to check it out, and they just take the top name available. That's not how that works. So anyways, that is my, my contention. Let's, let's get a fresh start. We'll get a new head coach, and um, he's already got Aaron Rodgers. He's already got Devontae Adams. He's got Jimmy Graham that he can play with. He has one of the best running backs in the NFL, and we're going to load him up. We're going to get some more uh, wide receiver talent. We're going to work on this offensive line, and we're just going to get a fresh start because Aaron Rodgers is essentially saying, I'm, I'm having troubles with some of these guys not not getting it, not doing what they need to do, and um, we're going to fix that because regardless of what we think of Aaron Rodgers, w- w- that thing has to go. He's not going right now, and he needs to go. And whatever it takes, we got to cater to it. And if we can get a couple more explosive players on that offense and a better offensive line to keep Rodgers upright for a little bit longer, help with the run game even more, and maybe get an offensive coordinator and a head coach that's able to convince Rodgers that you don't have to go deep every play. We can try to look a little bit more with these, this misdirection, this, that, or the other, kind of like the Bears and the Chiefs and the Rams all do, and we can start using, you know, just... I mean, we call it trick plays, or I call it trick plays, and I, I kind of make fun of it a little bit, but really it is just kind of... It's an effective tool to make sure that the guy you want open is open. And I've already said McCarthy does a relatively good job with that, but there's no reason we can't still try to simplify this. Aaron Rodgers has a pretty powerful brain. He's a smart dude, especially when it comes to football. I don't know how good he is in algebra, but I know when it comes to football, he's a smart guy. Let's challenge him a bit. Let's draw him up a new offense. Let's you know, get linebackers trying to think a little bit. Because right now, the way the Packers offense works, it's just line up and go. And there's not a whole lot to think about. It's just everything's about beat your guy. Not just our offense, but their defense. 
their defense knows they just have to line up and beat you. There's not a whole lot of cerebral stuff going on. There's not a whole lot of, you know, flash and misdirection going on. And to be honest, I don't... I, the most frustrating thing in the world is when I'm trying to watch linebackers, when I'm scouting college linebackers, um, you know, quote-unquote scouting. It's more or less just watching, see if I like them. But these, these uh, you know, zone read or just all these little misdirection things, linebackers always look real good until they go up against those kinds of offenses because they have to... I, I, I don't even know how they can try to do it correctly. Because if you guess wrong for even a half a second, you're out of position. And that's the whole point of the play. The linebackers are just, you're, you're doomed to fail. You're going to fail so many times. And you're already not like super fast anyway. So if, if you've got, you know, one guy running this way and you kind of bite up for a second and then they end up throwing it to the guy who's sweeping to the outside, you're never going to catch him. You're way out of position. You needed to be following him the second he started. And then if you do it next time, you start running out that way, they're just going to run it up the gut and now you're not in position. You're going to get blown out by the guard who came up and just stuck his hand in your chest because you're way out of position. And I never really understood. I mean, I, I know like the NFL, oh, you can't do that stuff. And Why? Well, it turns out you can. The Chiefs are doing it. The Rams are doing it. You know, teams are doing it now. You just have guys running this way and running this way. And what does it do? It freezes guys up for a second. And if you got guys frozen, like if the Packers run a jet sweep, somebody's going to follow him because he's the only guy moving. And they're just going to swarm to him and he's barely going to get back to the line of scrimmage, which is probably why we just don't bother doing that. But, you, I mean, you, you watch the Rams or whatever, and they've got, they've got a guy ru- running across the field... Then you have your running back running up the middle, so you don't know if, if they're going to hand it to the guy, the wide receiver streaking across the field, if they're going to hand it off, and then he won't give it to either of them. He'll drop back and throw a pass. And usually the, the, the quarterback has the option to do any one of them. Oh, maybe not, because the ball's not even going to be snapped until the first guy runs past. But, I mean, it's just it's, it's one of those things where you have to guess, and whatever you guess, you're wrong. Because if you guess on the running back, I'm not giving it to him. I'm going to throw to the guy who just ran past. If you kind of move that way, I could try to run it, and then you're doomed. And then if you're in somewhat decent position, I got a guy running a post behind you. I'm going to throw it over your head. It's just, it's impossible. There's nothing you can do. And with those kinds of offenses, you don't even need elite players. It's the scheme, right? It's just, it's, it's putting the defense in a, in a position they can't win, and it's why you have teams running up 50 points, because offenses have figured out, it's kind of like in Madden, where there's that one play the defense just can't beat, and it's kind of like, well, I don't want to kind of win that kind of way. And then they start coming back, and you're like, nope, cheat play, cheat play, cheat play, touchdown, ha-ha. Right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what offenses are figuring out. There are certain things that you just can't stop, and we're just going to keep doing these things. And it doesn't matter even about so much the talent. I mean, the Patriots are kind of that way. It's not as flashy, but they just have a system in which one of these guys is going to be in a position that you can't defend. And Brady's going to find him, and he's going to throw it, and they're going to move. Seven yards, boom. Another eight yards, boom, moving. The Packers aren't that way. The Packers spread it out, and they're either going to run the ball or pass the ball, and it's just a matter of brute force. We, we are going to be stronger. We're going to be faster. We're going to run better routes. We're going to, And that's fine when you got guys like Devontae, and occasionally Marquez can blow past a guy, and Rodgers with his accuracy can make it work. But it's just it's not good enough anymore. Because teams are going to be running up 40 points on us. What are we going to do in response? We're now the team that can't keep up. That's not acceptable. And I understand it shouldn't have to be that way, but this is the NFL now. It was, it was weird when I, 
I didn't watch that Monday night game, and I woke up, and everybody's talking about it's the greatest game ever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't feel bad for missing it when I saw the score. I just remember feeling kind of sad for the NFL. Like, I don't want this to be the NFL. I don't want the NFL to be college football. I don't watch college football for a reason. I don't enjoy it. The only reason I watch college football is to watch the draft prospects. And usually it's just cut-ups on YouTube. I don't get anything out of college football. It's either teams like Wisconsin that have horrible offenses that are just just disgusting to watch. Like, the quarterback is so bad I just can't tolerate it. Or it's just a shootout. It's 50-60. to It's like, eh, whatever. I mean, I'm sure I'll adapt, but it's just, I, I didn't wake up going, oh man, I missed the best game ever. I woke up thinking, this is just not fair. <laughs> this isn't this isn't what I want. What has the NFL done? And I, listen, maybe things will adapt. Maybe things will come full circle. You know, we're, we're going to have to go, go in the offseason and figure out how to stop this kind of stuff. And it's not like the Chiefs are scoring 60 points every game. I mean, I'm sure they've had a couple 30s or whatever, 20s, hopefully, I don't know. But, you know, you're either with it or you're not. You know, things change, things adapt, things evolve. And the most important thing, it's not even about being an intelligent coach. It's about being ahead of the curve. That's the right kind of intelligence. That's, that's, that's exactly what's wrong with McCarthy, and that's exactly what's wrong with uh, Capers. They were intelligent in a way. You know, they, they can converse with you about what they know, and they have a wealth of knowledge. But the kind of intelligence that's, that wins, not just in football, but in life... Like, if you, if you want to be a good businessman, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to make a bunch of money, you got to know what's going on in the world, right? I mean, you want to start a, a magazine company, you're going to struggle a little bit. You got to know what's going on out there. You got to be ahead of the curve. You got to follow the trends. It's just the reality. Mike McCarthy's a smart guy. He has a lot of knowledge, but he's not even interested in being ahead of the curve. He's just interested in drawing up a better play or a, a better... You know, what? I don't know, whatever. It's, it's just, it's very old school. And it can't hang with new school. It just can't. And it's, what's shocking to me is that it's almost like you had the NFL that was just sticking up its nose at college football. And granted, you had guys like Chip Kelly come in, try to run his college program, and it just was a disaster. Although I, I don't think it was actually all that bad. I maybe just wasn't executed properly. I'm not really sure. There were some pretty impressive things that happened on that offense. But it seems like every time you just say you can't do that or shouldn't do that in the in the NFL, which is hilarious because you've even got things that were going on in Madden that are now <laughs> happening in the NFL, right? I, I still remember the old, uh, there was an old commercial with John Madden, and there was a guy, and John, I don't even remember how it went, but John Madden was something to the effect of, you never go forward on fourth down, you never do it, and the guy's like shaking his head like, oh yeah, we're going for it. Now you got everybody going. If, if you get to the 50-yard line, you go for it on fourth. If you're within like 5, 10 yards of the end zone, you go for it on fourth. Now they're not going for it yet on fourth when you're in the other side of the field, but all the statistics say you should go for it on fourth anyways. Kids playing Madden and college coaches are just like miles ahead of these guys. And you find somebody that's young and innovative that's able to figure out how to make an offensive system that's a college system work in the NFL, they're blowing everybody out of the water. And, and look, you got, uh, I mean, it, there's no question a lot of what we're seeing in the NFL is because of college coaches. Even though, you know, Sean McVay didn't come from the college system, you know, I don't remember who said it, but somebody made the comment, Lincoln Riley got calls from like 30 coaches, which is why I, I made the comment, how much you want to bet one of the two that didn't was Mike McCarthy. And I stand by that to this day. But you think Sean McVay isn't calling up Lincoln Riley and some of these other college coaches just trying to pick his brain? 
This stuff is straight out of college football. They're, they're asking, like, how does this work? And then they take that information. They figure out how to use it with the tools that they have. Look what they're doing. Right? It's, it's a logical concept. It's not just flashy for the sake of being flashy. Like I described, it's, it's strategically designed to, to overwhelm a defense. You've only got 11 guys, and unfortunately for you, that ain't enough. And until some brilliant mind can come up with a way to utilize 11 people differently, I don't know what they're going to do. Because they're running three plays simultaneously, and you have to try to figure out which one to cover, and you're always going to be wrong. As long as you have an intelligent enough um, quarterback to be able to see what the defense is doing and how they're reacting and to know, okay, you made that choice, you're wrong. And you're always wrong because the game is rigged. (laughs) Because you choose, and then I just choose you to be wrong right after that. Oh, you're going that direction? Guess what? We decided to go this direction. It's not winnable. And the only way for the defense to win is for certain guys to overcome things that they shouldn't be able to overcome. Right, everything is is set up just so, and everything's perfect. All the linebackers have vacated; they're they're going to cover all these passes, and so we run the ball. And you got a guy like Kenny Clark who blows up a double team and makes a tackle. You have to overcome things that you should not be able to overcome. It's the only way you beat it. You know, cornerbacks making phenomenal plays when they're out of position to be able to scream across the field and break up a pass. It's not about, you know, honorable football. You know, it's. <laughs> It reminds me of the Civil War. You know, what, what was war supposed to be back in those days? You line up. You line up here. We line up here. We take turns shooting each other until one, one group runs away screaming. And then they come to America, and America's like, yeah, maybe we'll do that a little bit, but maybe we'll kind of shoot you from the woods while you're traveling through. It's not fair, but we're winning. <laughs> I don't care about fair. I don't care about matching up mano y mano. I don't care about being better than your guy. You know, my guys are better than your guys. We're just going to outsmart you. And it's not even really about outsmarting you. We could probably tell you what the play is and you can't do anything about it. Because again, the play in and of itself isn't exactly a play. It's just a, a, a designed, everybody stands here and runs in these directions and the quarterback decides where to go. And maybe some of them are designed from the start, right? We got guys moving in all these directions and we're going to run it and hopefully that they all vacate and try to... But even if it's not vacate, just the hesitate. I'm telling you, go watch college linebackers. Eventually, and it's funny, you'll see them go up against a team that runs more of an NFL-style offense. They'll dominate. If, if all they have to do is drop and cover a linebacker or a, a tight end or, or run up and stop the run, these guys are just dominant. You get them going up against a, a, a team like Oklahoma where they have to hesitate for a second, they're just getting picked apart. They look helpless. Some dominant linebackers just look helpless because it's just not fair. It's rigged, man. You can't win, and that's the point, and that's the problem. That's ultimately the problem in, in my mind is you have to run that style of offense because everyone else is doing it. Everybody's cheating, and if you're not cheating, you're losing. You have to incorporate that stuff. You have to overwhelm defenses. You have to outsmart the defense. And it probably depends on the defensive opponents, right? If you got... I remember seeing that when I watched the Rams, how incredible it was because they were going up against a team that had incredible linebackers. And they were just using all this motion all the time. And all they were doing was freezing the linebackers for a half a second. And then you had a guy running for a pass. And it's like, you know, if if this was just a designed pass, like a running back screen or whatever to the left side of the field, it's going to get blown up by those linebackers in a second. 
but you've got a guy motioning over to the right side of the field. The quarterback turns to his right. The linebackers all start running to the right. He just turns to his left and throws it. He doesn't even have to look. He just turns and throws because he already knows there's nobody over there, and sure enough, there isn't. That's the difference. Mike McCarthy's just going to run a screen, and the linebackers are going to blow it up. Little things like that just to get the defense going in the wrong direction. So, anyways, I've blabbed about that long enough. Again, plenty of reason for optimism, but we need to find a head coach that has that ability. I understand there's some some hesitation about Lincoln Riley. I don't know how good of a head coach he would be. I don't know if his offense would be kind of like a Chip Kelly disaster or what exactly the situation would be. But I, I do think that that's relatively important. I think the most important thing is going to be a guy that can communicate and and work with Aaron Rodgers. Because again, Aaron Rodgers is the most important piece on this team. If he's not able to go, then the team just isn't going to go. The upside potential, I mean, look at what the Saints are doing. Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees, and that's all due respect to Drew Brees. He is unbelievable. He deserves all the respect in the world. If the Packers don't win, I'm all for the Saints winning a Super Bowl. Go for it. He deserves it. Drew Brees absolutely deserves that. But Aaron Rodgers in that offense would just be disgusting, and we can have that offense. You know, we don't exactly have... You know, Michael Thomas, we don't exactly have Alvin Kamara, but it's kind of close. Pretty similar teams. Great number one wide receiver, real good running back, great, you know, pass-blocking tackle duo like I talked about yesterday. But look at the wide discrepancy. And by the way, I think we have a slightly better defense than they do. They just run a better system. The the plays that they run make sense. They overwhelm defense. There's nothing defenses can do. They know what the Saints are going to do when they come in there. They understand a good portion of that playbook. They've seen it all year. There's nothing they can do to stop it. That's the point. So, good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you you need to be able to be a good orator, as ridiculous as that sounds, but really get this team on the same page. It seems like there's some crazy stuff going on in the locker room. But then again, at the end of the day, win, and the locker room will take care of itself. But you've got to come in and get, get this team to buy in. And I think the best way to do that is to get Aaron Rodgers to buy in. You get Aaron Rodgers excited, you start getting Aaron Rodgers talking the way Mike Daniels talked about about Mike Pettin, this team will buy in. And I tell you what, it, <laughs> again, I don't want to vacate this year and start thinking about next year already, but I, 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 I can't really control the excitement I would feel if we saw week one Green Bay Packers come out looking like the Rams and throwing up 48 points in week one on, you know, whatever, the Lions or some the 49ers, whoever it is we end up playing. Just, just, oh, just the thought of it. With guys like Marquez and EQ and the, the upside that they have in Devontae and our running backs and Jimmy Graham, and it's just, oh, need to calm down because my stomach can't handle very much right now. It's a little sensitive. But again, we're, we're, we're very close, and I'm very excited about our, G, our GM and I think it's a good thing that we're seeing these kinds of teams because it's going to be good for Brian Gutekunst and for Mike Mark Murphy to um, to kind of look at the landscape and say, okay, I think this is where we need to head. And I do think our GM is a forward-looking person. He seems to have that kind of mentality. He's a, he seems to be doing a great job. I think it would make sense for them to look around the landscape and say, this is what we need. This is the kind of direction we need to go. These are the kinds of team. This is the kind of team we need to have. Who's going to bring us there? Who's going to be able to do that? You know, I mean, just, just the way Mark Murphy handled the GM search, I thought was phenomenal. The fact that he settled on Brian Gutekunst when nobody else was really thinking that. And the fact that one of his big criteria was, I want to see every write-up you've had on these draft picks. 
Guys that we took, guys that we didn't take, I want to see what they were. It just lays bare everything. Because interviews can be kind of garbage, right? Well, what is your uh, plan for the future? Well, I see this team doing this and being great and blah. Nonsense. I want to see your record. There's, there's no talking after that. Brian Gutekunst's record stood for itself. And I think we need to have something similar to that. Um, you know, bring, bring people in. And, and the cool thing about it is, and I was listening to some people talk about it who have been involved in uh, head coaching searches, is part of it is actually looking for a head coach, and part of it is just a fact-finding information. Fact-finding, not information. You know what I'm saying. Like, they, they would legitimately bring people in just to get information. You know, they, they would interview people internally that they know they're not going to hire just to get their perspective on the team. They would hire people externally to see what they thought of our team or to just pick their brain, to just come in and say, okay, lay out your playbook. What What's going on? You know, tell me what you did over there and how you're going to bring that here. Well, if you want the job, you're going to ask the, answer the question. And if you answer the question, you just, you just gave me your playbook. Not that I'm a head coach or anything, but you understand what I'm saying. This is how you gather up some pretty good information. You know, bring over somebody from the Rams and just talk about the defense for Mike Pettin's sake. You know, you guys did a real good job against our defense. How were you able to do this? How were you able to do that? There's different reasons for interviewing. So keep that in mind, by the way, when we go through this head coaching thing, because you're going to hear a lot of names being interviewed, and it's like, oh, great. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. They will 100% bring in people they have zero intention of hiring. They absolutely will. Every team does that. That's That was my first thought when I heard the Condoleezza Rice thing, even though it was very weird. I, I don't know why they said that. Because her response seems to be, hey, I love the team, but no. <laughs> it's like, did you tell her that she was going to be a head coach? Or, But that was my first thought, is they're going to bring her in for, I don't know, as like a leadership thing? Like, what do you think about leadership? Because nobody here knows how to be a leader, clearly. But anyways, that was sort of my thought there. Because obviously she was not going to be a head coach. She has no football experience whatsoever. But I don't know, it's, it's going to be very exciting. We currently are on the precipice, potentially, of a run and a, a very exciting season. If we can beat the Vikings, it's going to be a very, very exciting close to this season. You're going to have the, you know, potentially, and I, I laid it out, I don't even think the last time, but the time before us, a scenario in which it's it's basically a three-way tie for the division. I don't remember exactly how that laid out, but it was it, it, it laid out a certain kind of way where you have one of three teams all battling to try to see who's going to win. And depending on who wins and who loses, it's going to determine that. So we have an exciting close to this season. We have an exciting future ahead of us. Uh, head coach search, um, NFL draft, free agency. I think we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in free agency. It just it has a very different feel than in years past, and it's it's exciting. It's exciting because it's not just the NFL season where it used to be. I just care about the season. I don't care about anything else. We're picking 32nd in the draft, so who cares? We never do anything in free agency, so who cares? We never trade a player, so who cares? It's either win or lose, and then we go dark for several, several, several months. It's not that way anymore, man. We're in the mix. I mean, the NFL in general is exciting. There's all kinds of new stuff going on, and, and different, you know, offenses look different, defenses look different, strategies for how to do things. You got teams gathering up massive amounts of uh, free agent talent trying to make one big push into the Super Bowl. The Eagles were able to pull that off. They went out and bought a bunch of players and won a Super Bowl. Just a weird time, but an exciting time for the NFL. But again, you got to be forward thinking. You got to be one of these teams on the verge because the Eagles did it, and now you got a bunch of other teams trying to do it, and it's just not really working, right? If your goal was, okay, let's load up on defense, all of a sudden offense is, is tearing up the league. 
It's the teams that are ahead of the curve that are winning. And the Packers are the last. I mean, they're, they are the caboose. You got Mike McCarthy sitting in his office calling up Dom Capers talking about the old days. I mean, it's just, this, this ain't it, man. This ain't it. Again, not giving up, but we've got some exciting stuff to look forward to in the future. And I swear, if we do relatively decent and get into the playoffs and, you know, lose in the NFC Championship game, and that's good enough for Mike McCarthy to keep his job, I'm, I mean, you want to talk about worst-case scenario. We don't win the Super Bowl. We don't get a new head coach. We don't get a high draft pick. Oh, just kick me right in the teeth. I don't even care. This is the worst-case scenario. I mean, even winning and getting into the Super Bowl would be a better scenario because we got there. It's just like one pick later anyways. Who cares? But anyways, I do know today was typically going to be breaking down the Vikings, but a couple different things came into play. First of all, the Sundays have been getting kind of bland because I don't have much to talk about because I cover so much on Friday and Saturday. So tomorrow, I'm going to be focused more on uh, the Vikings. I'm not sure if I'm going to do breaking down and game plan or if I want to do um, breaking down tomorrow and then do you know game plan Sunday a little bit um, because you know that's just kind of the way that goes. I might go that route. I might do my picks and then the breakdown is two separate things. I'm not really sure yet. We'll see how it goes. Beyond that, the holiday kind of threw things off. I obviously didn't have a lot of time. You know, we were driving back from uh, Hartford, got home a half hour after my bedtime, so I didn't have time to really prep anything anyways. And I really don't want to wing that kind of thing. I want to be able to put in a lot of time and, and be able to give you some good content. So today was a ranty day. Tomorrow we're going to really dive into the Vikings. And then either tomorrow or Sunday, we're going to really uh, dive into not just the Vikings themselves, but how it is we end up winning this football game. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy your Friday. For those of you working like myself, hopefully it's a nice, quiet holiday kind of day where nobody's around to bother you and you can just kind of, you know, take it easy. Otherwise, um, we'll be here tomorrow. Go Pack Go. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>